You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Taysom again. Now he takes it quarterback cut to the left, and he takes it into the end zone. Taysom Hill. All right. We are back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer, and we're going to go into the mailbag for this one. And you heard Mike Haas and Deuce on the call for Taysom's touchdown in the first quarter, the first drive of the game, that you really set the tone. I think it was a 15-play drive. took about nine minutes. The, the Eagles, I mean – they barely had the ball. I think they only ran three plays. The Saints ran 22 in the first quarter. And a lot of that was because you just maintained possession. You didn't make any huge mistakes. You didn't get any holding penalties that torpedoed your drive. You didn't get any big sacks. It's just a great, well-executed drive. And it was finished off by Taysom. And, you know, there's a few questions about Taysom in here. We'll get to one of them with Glenn Illich. He means Taysom is a typo. I believe Taysom turns 34 next year. I don't think that's true. He's 32, so I don't know when his birthday is. But, yeah, he'll be 33 this time next year. says, how productive can he be going forward the next year? I don't know, but he hasn't exactly looked like he's been he's been slowing down. You know, if you, I think that age a lot of times gets construed with, like, Oh, this is at the point that he's at in his career, and a lot of a lot of times that can be true, but in a lot of instances as well, if you're a guy who hasn't been used that much, you know your your real age is not the same. And you know he started late, um, I believe, because he had to do a Mormon mission. You know, as that whole works out, I I don't know the details of it, but I know that when you come out of BYU, you're typically later in your age than you are in your career. Um, I think then that's what's going on with Taysom. So I mean. You know, he really didn't start getting getting NFL action until he was like 28, right? So, like, in that sense, I'm not I'm not as worried about his age as I am his health, and he's been as healthy as he's ever been this season. I think you have found a way to kind of keep him. I don't want to say like under wraps, but in situations where he's he's not as exposed, right? I think getting him more involved in the run game from the quarterback position as opposed to constantly running routes downfield and getting blown up over the middle of the field has been helpful. And, you know, a lot of his injuries when he's been a quarterback have been to his throwing hand. He hasn't had to deal with any of that. So, like, I mean, I don't think he's slowing down. So, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't see why he couldn't do this role next year, the year beyond that. You know, obviously when you get up towards your 40s you know that's such to be difficult but I don't think he's close to retiring um so you know I I think that 
he'll play for the Saints as long as they'll have him. And this is a guy who is having a career year, right? He just had a career high in rushing yards. He's the first ever non, non-running back to run for six touchdowns. I think he had set that record at five. Like he's just doing things that no one else does. And so, you know, I don't know how long his career will be, but I don't sense that he's going to fall off anytime soon. Um, all right, let's go back up here. Charles Andrews with a question. Are the Saints still in a hunt in the hunt for a wild card? Now, I do have to admit, I was a little off base on this in some of our previous podcasts because I really just put it all on the Saints winning out and the Bucks losing out, when in reality there was this really kind of backdoor way they could have gotten in. But now with the Packers beating the Vikings. That is officially done because that final wild card spot is going to go to a nine and eight team, right? Like that's that's the math you're dealing with, and it's frustrating, but it, it's true. Um, like the Saints could actually tie the Bucks next week if the Bucks lose to the Falcons, which they might because they have nothing to play for. But even tied at eight and nine, the Saints would still lose that tiebreaker because as we've talked about the week 13 game and with the Packers and Lions both at eight and eight and playing each other that means that one of those teams is guaranteed to get to nine and eight which is a record the Saints cannot match if they were in a three if they were in a three-way tie right which would have meant the Packers lost to the Vikings and went to eight and nine and then beat the Lions then the Saints would have gotten in in that three-way tie, but that is no longer on the table. So, unfortunately, the Saints will play their first meaningless game since I want to say the end of the 2017 season, that game against the Panthers. Well, you know, Another game against the Panthers. That one was in, meaningless in a different way because the Saints had already clinched and they were starting Teddy Bridgewater against Kyle Allen. And the Panthers actually won that game, but the Saints it didn't matter because they were already clinched. This is the, the first meaningless game you have played since that meaningless game. So for some reason, it's just whenever the Saints play the Panthers at the end of the season, it never means anything. Which, you know, it's going to be a bummer for the Panthers because the Saints didn't control their own destiny. The Panthers did. The Panthers had a chance to just win two games and get in. The Saints don't control their own destiny and they're probably going to win two games and get in. Win a game they shouldn't have won and then go home with a chance to beat the Panthers. But they can't get in. The Panthers could have done that the other way. The Panthers could have beaten the Bucks and then beaten the Saints and gotten into the playoffs. But, hey, this is 2022 and the Saints are not getting nice things. Saints for life. Saints don't deserve to be a playoff team. They did this to themselves. A few wins down the stretch doesn't mean you keep your job. Saints upper management needs to do something. Don't be blind. But what? Like, what... What is your solution, <laughs> right? You're like you're just okay. Fire him and bring in somebody that's better. Like fire everybody and bring in. Like what does that even mean? Like do you have a do you do you have a, a suggestion? Like what what makes you think that bringing in a new head coach will suddenly solve issues around the team? It's hard to find a head coach, right? Teams cycle through head coaches over and over and over again. Look at the Giants, right? The Giants went through. Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer, Joe Judge, and now they finally landed on Brian Dable, who is, you know, it looks to 
by all accounts, to be a good head coach. But hey, Ben McAdoo went to the playoffs in his first season as the Giants head coach, and then that went to that went to shit. So like, there's also a scenario where you bring in another head coach and he's terrible, and then you're firing him, and then you're just in this cycle of bad, right? Whereas you're looking at a team that is still playing hard and you know is a couple of bad breaks away from being in the playoffs, and you're just gonna say, yeah, pull the rug out. Start fresh. That's not what this team is going to do. Like, that's not being blind. That's just being sensible. Uh, I think there are strings you do need to pull. I think you should go hard on finding a young, innovative offensive coordinator who can give this offense a better, uh, like, more of an identity. I think you should mine the college ranks for a quarterback if you're going to run a quarterback-friendly college-type system anyway. So, like, why not do that? But those are two very different things. And no, I don't think this offense is performing at the level it needs to be, right? They should have been able to find a way to put more points on the board and win this game comfortably with the defense putting out the type of performance that the defense was. But, like, I don't know what what you want me to say there. It's just there's people that want what they want, and you're going to continue to complain until you get it. 504 Co. DA might not be a good head coach, but we have to agree. DA is a defensive mastermind. I agree with this. But I do think that like there is some growth in being a head coach, right? Like you have to do something to get to get better at it. And I think throughout the course of the season, I do think you have seen learning on the job because you have to. And I think that he's doing a better job later in the season and he's connecting to players a little better. I don't know. I don't know. It's not an exact science, but you just got to figure it out. And um, I thought, you know, one of the th- <laughs> one of the things that I said this morning on the pregame show that I was really critical of is where's the pass rush? Where is it? What? Why has this not been a factor in games? And it was like snap of a finger. Suddenly, it's like, oh, Carl Granderson's eating Gardner Minshew's lunch. Cam Jordan, three sacks, sets a record. Like, you know, I, I think that that has been a missing element on on this team. And um, you know, part of it is the the secondary is is locking down, and so they give you time to go after him. Part of it's Gardner Minshew likes to extend plays. Part of it's the Saints. I think feel comfortable game planning against Gardner Minshew. They've already done it. Um, they did it when he was in Jacksonville and they won 13 to six and they kind of ruined his, if you want, if you want to look at it this way, the Saints kind of ruined Gardner Minshew's career. Cause I think he was on pace. He was on track to kind of win the hearts and minds of the Jacksonville faithful. And he had won a couple of really, really good games and he was playing really well. He got like an offer from a porn company. I don't know. It was weird. It's because of the mustache. Um, and then the Saints came to town. And I don't know if Gardner was ever the same again. I think they kind of gave everyone the book on Gardner Minshew and they won 13 to six and they made him look real bad doing it. And, you know, he kind of just fell off the face of the earth. And then he's kind of, and he, he kind of reemerged with the Eagles and then they just they show up and they do it again. Like, I think that Gardner Minshew, if you, if, if Gardner Minshew had only had his game against the Cowboys and, then sat back on the bench and Jalen Hurts came in and led him to the playoffs. And the only tape you had was him going ham against Dallas and just hooking up with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. His offense looks like it hasn't missed a beat. And then you're going to get into the offseason. All these teams are going to be like, well, hey, you know, maybe, maybe he is starting quarterback material. Maybe we can bring him in. Maybe the Saints might have done that. Right? I, I don't think that's out of the question. <laughs> but, then, but then the Saints show up and they, put, they have him put down the worst – Worst possible Gardner Minshew tape. Uh, they probably the Saints cost him millions of dollars. I guarantee that. <laughs> Poor Gardner. All he wants to do is be a starter. 
Charles Andrews, I I agree about not deserving. Do you think Allen is just a bridge coach to allow Peyton some time to rest and recharge? If not, what do you get for Peyton? Do we turn Peyton rewards into high highly drafted quarterback? I don't know if you can be a bridge back to the same thing. I think technically that would make you like a roundabout. Like a like a yeah, like you know, like a traffic circle. But no, I don't think I don't think that was ever the plan to kind of like just like prop up the car and then have Sean walk around underneath it and then drop it back down. I think DA is potentially a bridge to another coach, but that was never the plan to to put DA in charge and then have Sean come back. You know, whether that happens or not is another question. But I don't think I don't I don't see it happening. I really don't. It's just that's that'd be a really awkward thing to do. It would be really awkward for the team, it'd be really awkward for the staff. Would you fire the staff? Right? Would you try to demote DA? That's not gonna go well. No one wants to get no one likes to be the boss and then get and then get told you're not the boss anymore. So like that would be awkward. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I, I've said on this podcast the only way it makes sense to me is if you know, Sean comes hat in hand with 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 Tom Brady on his arm. You know, I think I, I could see that sales pitch being enough. But I think this team is aware that they can also get a very good return for Sean if they trade him, and and that's probably what they're going to try to do as long as the market's there. Now, the market might not be there this off season, and that's kind of where it gets interesting. Is what happens if the trade market doesn't develop, and your best offer is like a twenty twenty four second round pick? Do you just say, yeah, never mind? Do you, it's like, we'll wait until next year when these same teams are even more desperate, when there's more coaching jobs available, right? Like, I don't think Brandon Staley is going to get fired this season, but maybe the Chargers regress and they, and they fire him. And then suddenly Sean, because I think the Chargers is where Sean actually does want to be. And I don't know, you know, is a team like Houston willing to part with the number one overall pick? I doubt it. But like, would Sean want to go to Houston? Because they do have the number one overall pick, and that gives you some really interesting options as a head coach in year one. I don't know. But I think that's kind of where you're looking at. I think if you're the Saints, you are trying to find a scenario where you net at least one mid to early first and maybe some other assets behind that, maybe a player, or you are getting a a late or future first and then more premium assets, right? So if you're trading with the Broncos, who have a late first that belongs to the 49ers, that's not going to be anywhere near the same as the 12 from Houston, which I believe belongs to Cleveland, right? So, or is the one coming from Cleveland. So like that's a different scenario. For Broncos, you would need, okay, you're going to send us more, right? It's not just going to be the late first. With the Texans, if they send you the 12, that might be all you get. And I'm like, yeah, you know, what's the? it's not the worst thing, right? Because you ended up getting an extra first and you have your left tackle who you feel comfortable with coming in for next season. And he's gotten a lot of good good tape, good, you know, teach tape and, and good reps that you're going to go into next offseason. Hopefully he can be in line to be the starter. And then you still get your first back. And the first you're given to the Eagles at this point. I believe it would be 11. If you go win another game, you might knock that down to 14, 15. It's, it's in that range. And so, yeah, I think that's what I, I still think you're going to end up trading Sean. Because at the end of the day, he didn't leave to come back. Like he didn't, he didn't leave to come back. And I just don't think that you're going to, you're going to ask the team and everything to kind of accommodate this guy who's probably going to want to leave again. Right? Like this isn't the first time he's tried to leave. Like he tried to go to Dallas. He tried to do this and that. 
he, he wants somewhere else. So yeah, you don't want to be that, you know, that spurned, uh, X that keeps taking them back whenever they ask, right? Tax act. The bucks aren't good. It's a question. And then a follow-up. The Bucks just won the division. They are better than us, unfortunately. The Bucks winning the division does not mean they're the best team in the division. The Bucks are the best at coming back from deficits late in the game. Right? That's what the Bucks are good at. The Bucks are good at having Tom Brady on the team. If if you if you take Tom Brady off that team, that is a four-win team. Like, let's be real. Like, put Kyle Trask in, and that team isn't winning games. So like I get it. Tom Brady's really good, right? Tom Brady can do what he does better than anybody else. And that's why the Bucs are in the playoffs. But the Bucs aren't in the playoffs because they're good. The Bucs are in the playoffs because the NFC South is bad. And I think what surprised me about the NFC South this year was not how, you know, that the Saints and Bucks weren't as as weren't a lot better than the Panthers and the Falcons. It was that, you know, you expected there to be an upper echelon team and there just wasn't. All four of these teams are pretty flat. All four of these teams had equal an equal opportunity to win this division. The Bucs won it because they were able to walk over the Saints as they forgot their foot from their elbow, right? They couldn't stand up straight, and the Bucs just walked through them. That's why the Bucs are in the playoffs. It's not because they're good. The Bucs are going to get torched in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> like, Let's just be real. <laughs> they are going to get annihilated. Unless they play the Vikings, then they might win by 30. Jerry! Jerry's here. We're officially eliminated, but I'm good. Yeah, I mean, making the playoffs would have been fun. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have gone well. Like I just said, the Bucks are going to get torched. The Saints would also get torched. So the Bucks are going to be the four seed, which means they play the five. And at this point, the five is the Cowboys. And I'm pretty sure they are locked in there because, yeah, the Giants can't catch them. Seattle or whoever's in that seven can't catch them and they can't catch the Eagles. Well, actually, no. So that's where it's a question. So the Cowboys could potentially catch the Eagles if the Cowboys win next week and the Eagles lose to the Giants. Now, the Giants clinched today. So they are where they are. They're not going to have any motivation unless they really try real hard to make the Eagles day suck. It's probably going to be the Eagles in the one seed, which would mean the Bucks play the Cowboys in Tampa in the first round of the playoffs. And I think I think the Bucks get get torched in that game. But we'll see. Either way, to answer the question, yes, they're eliminated. Did we need to see the Saints lose by 20 to the Cowboys? Probably not, but that's fine. Lonnie Lewis, who dat? We glad Lattimore's back. Yeah, it's good to see Lattimore. I really like Marshawn. Um, I enjoy watching him play. And if for the reasons you saw today, like he's just that kind of player. Like he just makes plays and he shows up when you need a play. Uh, and that's when you don't have that, it becomes obvious. Ricky B, I hope the Saints play all the young guys in the last game to see what they have for next season. Yeah, so <laughs> I wish they had more. I, w- I wish the Saints had more young guys that they could play. You know, that's one of my bigger criticisms is, you know, like why don't you have a developmental quarterback that you can put in? Um, because you're not going to put Jamison <laughs> <laughs> that's not the guy that you want to see more of, you know, whether they should have been starting him all along. You know, I, I would argue yes, but he's not a guy who you're going to put in week 18 to get reps. Um, Cause I'm not even sure, you know, I don't even know if he's, if he's fully healthy, like he's healthy enough to play. We've already established that. I don't know if he's completely healthy. So like that would be questionable 
in the first place, but you don't really have a third string quarterback. Maybe you start Taysom, but again, you know, you don't want to get Taysom hurt. So I think you're just going to end up with Dalton. And that's, that, that does annoy me that you don't have a developmental quarterback that you can put in there. But yeah, I think you're, you know, Eno Benjamin, I would like to see him get featured in this game. Landon Young, a right tackle, I imagine, is who you'll see because Ryan Ramchek left this game with an injury. Trevor Penning, I would like to see start at left tackle. I think James Hurst has had a solid season, but you really want to get Trevor Penning, the reps at left tackle. He's going to take some lumps, I imagine. Panthers are a tough team to, to debut against, but you the lumps are good. The lumps are teach tape, right? That's what you need at this point when you don't have to worry about losing the game. It's a preseason game in that sense. Uh, I want to see Alante Taylor starting. I don't, you know, it's, I imagine you just you put Marshawn Lattimore on the bench because why would you, you know, he's just got back and you're not going to sit Paulson the Debo. But who knows, you know, some other guys, right? Like maybe Kirk Merritt you bring in there. Maybe you sit Alave down because you don't need to see anything more from him. And, you know, you don't really have a lot of, you know, I guess, yeah, like as a Keith Kirkwood, like I, I don't want to, I don't want you to sit guys unless there are, there's people you need to see. And so those are, those are the players that I'd like to see. You know, I'd like to see maybe Caden Ellis start at, start at the mic, you know, see what he's got there. Um, because I think that he profiles more to a mic than, than Pete Werner does. Um, let's see, are there any other positions? You know, maybe, maybe you try somebody, maybe you try like Kirk Merritt out at kick returner. <laughs> maybe, yeah, Lewis Kidd, maybe, maybe Lewis Kidd is the guy you threw in at right tackle. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. I'd like to see them kind of circle the wagons and bring in some of these young guys and see what they have. Um, I wish you, I just wish you had more of them. I wish you could throw a whole roster out there of young guys like Titans did the other day. Um, but I just, I don't know if you can do that. Because what's going to be really frustrating is if, you know, you throw a guy out there in a meaningless game and they end up with a major injury that impacts their next season. And you don't want to have that happen for Marshawn. You don't want to have that happen for Olave, you know. And it's football. Like, you can't play at half speed. That, that is how you get hurt. So, we'll see. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sean, if you fire DA for going eight and nine this first season, no coach will want to coach here. You know, that's it's a fair point. It definitely doesn't, it definitely doesn't project positivity to any future coaches, right? Like, I don't think like you're you're gonna set yourself up for a situation where you know, you could find a coach, right? Like you're you're always gonna be able to find a coach. But are you gonna be the destination that a coach wants to go to? Or are you going to be like the last resort destination? Are you going to be the destination for a guy that doesn't have any other options? Because like those are two very different things. <laughs> and um, people are still shooting off fireworks. It is January 1st, 7.13 p.m. Still fireworks. Let's see. Uh, if it gets to day three, I'll be annoyed. I, I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't think it should happen. 
Frederick Wagner. The Saints played well this season, and most of their games were close. Luck was, luck was not with us. Yeah, I, I think when you get to the end of the season, and you, for, for the team, as they look at this, they're going to say, we're an 8-9 and nine team that should be 11-7, and seven, or 11-6, and six, right? Like, two games that you can look at that you should have won, right? Week four against the Vikings, you probably should have won that game. Week two against the Bucks, you probably should have won that game, right? If Mark Ingram doesn't fumble, you probably win that game. So, you know, those are two right there. Um, Steelers, you're 10-10 in the second half. You probably could have won that game. Bengals, you definitely should have won that game. You're up by 10 points in the second half. Bucks, you definitely should have won that game. So, I mean, you're talking about a season where, you know, went about as bad as you could have hoped it would or as you could imagine, and you're still you're still right there. Um, it's frustrating. You still swept the Falcons, right? You still did that. Uh, but yeah, I agree with that. Slugger, 225. We have many bright spots to look forward to next season with all the new guys peaking this year, not to mention can't guard Mike. Mike Thomas will be fresh and ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm not willing to be that positive in terms of Mike Thomas coming back. Like this was This was his year to really kind of prove people wrong in that respect, and he got hurt almost immediately with an injury that was not related to his original injury. And that's disappointing because now you're just injury prone. Now now you can't, what, as long as it was related to the ankle and it was like, yeah, he just can't get right from this one specific injury. You're like, okay, well maybe he can finally got that out of his system and now he can get back to being the Mike Thomas that he was, which is a very durable guy. Instead, after two weeks, you end up with, a toe injury that ends your season. And now you're talking about a guy who just, you know, he just can't stay healthy. And and that's the same issue I have with Andres Pete every year. And like, if you can't rely on someone to stay healthy, you can't rely on them, right? Because at any moment you might be without them. And that's not a, I mean, like I like Mike Thomas. I expect him to be back. I expect him to work really hard. And I think he will be very motivated. I just, I'm not willing to be like, yeah, they're going to get Mike Thomas back and he's going to be this plus asset because he just hasn't been able to be that as frustrating as it's been. But I do agree. Rashid Shahid, I mean, I don't, it's it's mind boggling how good he is um, at this point in his career. And with the, the limited reps that he was able to get, I mean, like, he, did, he didn't even have, like, a real training camp. <laughs> like, you give that guy a full offseason, who knows? I mean, like, I think his route tree is still kind of raw, and I think that's why he can be limited at times. And part of that is just not being able to rep it in the offseason when you have all the time and you have padded practices and you have, you know, thud tempo practices where you can kind of do these these drills that you, you need to kind of learn on the fly. And... I mean, it's remarkable how good he has been and how well he, is, how good he is at stretching the field. And I, and like, I don't think the Saints have had that for a while. Like they had Deontay Harris, obviously Deontay Hardy, I should say. I'm sorry. And he's a very fast receiver. I think he's going to be a free agent. I don't think they're going to bring him back. But like, it's different between like being fast and being a target right? Being someone who stresses the defense. Like you don't have to be the fastest guy in the world, but you do have to be able to present a target and you do have to be able to use that speed to stress a defense. And I think that the way Deontay was able to use it was, was effective in moments. And again, certain coverages, I think Rashid with the size, he's six feet tall. He's only going to get stronger. You know, the way he can create space and be a target with a big catch radius. That's, you know, that's not something you see 
Like the fact that he went undrafted is because he tore his ACL on the final play of his college career. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but with him and Olave, you, I mean, you went a long time without feeling like you had a good young core of wide receivers to put around Mike Thomas. And now you have those two guys. And, and I think Elante Taylor too, I think he's a guy who you, sh- who you should feel really confident about. Sergeant Stickman. I don't know if it's Sergeant Stickman or Sergeant Stickman says he has a good feeling about next season. And I mean, I, that's the thing is you go into this off season saying we just won four games, you know, like all of this negativity. And we, I mean, assuming you beat the Panthers, which I assume you will, like you, you, you had this really difficult season. You went from losing Drew Brees to losing Sean Payton to, to trying to figure it out at quarterback. You've, you've found kind of this idea of what you're going to be. And you're able to win games down the stretch of a season. If they were playing the way they are now at the beginning of this season, they would be in the playoffs. And so you're going to go into the offseason. You're going to have confidence. Players are going to have confidence. They're going to feel like there's something to come back to. The big question you're going to have looming over you next season is what happens with Alvin Kamara. You know, if you had the, if you could go back in time and say, well, maybe we should just have him be suspended this year because <laughs> it's going to be bad. You probably would have done that. But, you know, that's going to be the, the thing hanging over your head next season is – you know, you managed to avoid a long-term suspension this season, but I don't know if you will next year. And so that's going to be something you got to figure out. But other other, other than that, I do think that you there's a lot of reason for positivity. Yeah, I mean, if you're the same, we, we talked to the Eagle, like we put, we, uh, if you listen to this podcast, we talked to uh, Dave Spadaro from the, from the Eagles Insider Podcast going in and it was like, oh, is there any kind of nervousness that after starting like 12 and one, you might not even win the NFC East? He was like, nope, this team's too good. This team's too good. <laughs> and, and I understand it. It's how it's how Saints fans would have been three years ago. Like, oh, you're, they're 12 and one. They're definitely going to get a top seed and get a bye, right? And they didn't. And so like, yeah, I can I can appreciate it. But like, I bet there's going to be nerves now. Now they should beat the Giants. It's the same team they beat by like 32 weeks ago and the Giants have no motivation. Uh, but I'm still nervous from the Eagles. <laughs> Justin again, I would like to see Kirk Merritt. I had high hopes for him. He showed shows up in camp. I would rather see what he can do in this last game. Yeah, Kirk, I don't know. Oh, he's on the active roster. That's right. They did sign him to the active roster. So he will be available. And I imagine you will see him. I do think that his route tree is not as as uh, robust as it needs to be but we'll, we'll see <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know who really wins this is anyone who confidently bet the over on the saints win total which came in at seven and a half this season from vegas and they're right on it they're right on it and so that's who this final game is going to be for it's not meaningless it's not meaningless if you bet the over or hey the under because you're going to be rooting for the panthers Oh, man. All right. Let's get one more and then we'll clear out. Oh, well, that's nice. I appreciate that ghost face gorilla. Just Jamie looking like a sure bet that Davenport is gone after this year, right? You know, I don't know. I mean, if you have the cap flexibility, maybe you franchise him. You know, you're going to be in a paying top dollar at that position, but I like he hasn't been a negative in the sense that he's still out there, he's drawing double teams, he's creating pressure, but he definitely hasn't earned himself a contract. And so I, I almost wonder if, you know, if you're the Saints and you're talking to Marcus and you're like, we can't justify giving you a four-year, 
so-and-so deal. It just doesn't make sense. And you know the market's not going to be there for you. Maybe you figure out a way to, okay, we're going to franchise you and then we're going to restructure this deal so that it's not going to hurt our cap, which will allow us to get one more year out of this guy who knows the system and is a good player. He's just had a down year. He's been healthy this year, which is a big question for him. And then it allows him to make some money and kind of rebuild his free agent value and get another shot at the contract year. Because I do think that if he had been a free agent after last season, he probably would have got a major deal. I don't know if he's going to get that long-term deal based on, because teams are going to look at the numbers. Like you can talk about hidden production. And I think the Saints believe that when they say it in terms of like, oh, there's hidden production there and and he's getting upfield, he's pressuring, he's creating havoc and other people are benefiting from it. And he's just not finishing off some plays. And I, I think there is merit to that, but other teams aren't going to be like, oh yeah, we're going to sign you for the hidden production. You know, that's, I get you have half a sack on the season, but I know you've got more lurking behind the scenes. Like, no team's going to do that. Or at least most teams aren't going to do that to the point where you're going to have a lot of options. You know, maybe one team is going to come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, yeah, we believe that you're this player and we just don't, you didn't show it this year. So I think that there might be a, like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's a chance he comes back. I don't think if you're the Saints, you are going to extend him on something major. But there is, there is maybe a middle ground where they could do Marcus a solid and he could do the team a solid and kind of figure it out from there um, and be where, where I think it makes sense for him to be. So to answer your question, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's gone. But I do think it's a tough sell to give him any major deal. But yeah, here's one more. That's a good stat. Andy Dalton is 4-0 against the Eagles. Fail, Eagles fail. Go Frogs, right? All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. I appreciate everyone who stopped by, everyone who left a comment, everyone who hung out. I always enjoy doing these. We've got one more game this season. Saints are going to face the Panthers at the Caesars Superdome. I don't expect it to be uh, at capacity, <laughs> but it's going to be a game. And, you know, uh, we're going to – if you if you bet the over, let me know, and uh, I'll, I'll root in solidarity with you. All right, y'all. Be easy. Peace.